If you have your Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, we, we are going to read about a group of young men that God had called and set apart. A group of young men who were known by the excellence by which they lived their lives. And the message today is not just for young people, it's for everyone. It's for all of us to recognize the God of our church, the God of our young people, the God of the body of Christ, and how the one true God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is the one who makes a difference in everything. Amen? Amen. In chapter 1 of Daniel, I'd like to read a few verses that are going to simply provide the context from which we're going to read, and then we're going to go to chapter 3 of Daniel after that. In chapter 1, beginning in verse 17... It says this, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. These were four young men that God's anointing was upon. Four young men that stood out from the rest. These were four young men of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Four young men that the Lord had plans for. The way way that God wanted to use them. You see, the people of Israel had been taken into captivity. And at this point in time, they were subservient to the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar. But King Nebuchadnezzar also had some wisdom. And he saw fit to include some of the brightest, the sharpest, the wisest of what Israel had to offer, the people of God, so as to help the Babylonians and what they sought out to do in governing their land and their people, where Israel, the people of Israel were subjects there in their land. And the story explains to us that all of the young people that were gathered up from Israel were to take the portion of the king, and they were going to give the kid... The, 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 the youngsters, the kids, the food that the king was, gave to people that served at his table as well. And the same drink. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or here, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, before their names were changed, refused the portion of the king's table. And they said, we'd rather... We'd rather have nothing but greens and water. 
just vegetables and water. They says, oh, they said, oh, no, we can't just do that. We can't we can't show our face to the king and having having you guys look malnourished and not as strong as the rest. And they said, no, trust us. Give us what we ask for. Give us nothing but vegetables and greens and water and you will see. And sure enough, at the end of 10 days, they saw that these young men, their complexion was radiant. They looked strong. They were quick-witted. And they appeared to be stronger and better than any other young person that they were feeding the portions of the king to at that moment. And so the people of Babylon started to pay attention to this group of young men that were doing things differently than people in the rest of their kingdom. God started to bring the attention to his people that there was something to be recognized about them. And the story continues in chapter 3 when Babylonian officials and leaders became jealous and saw that these four men were special. They were anointed. They stood out from the, from the rest. People started to talk and murmur. They started to come up with traps and ways that they might Bring them down. They decided that they wanted to create laws and put laws into place that would oppress the people of God, their own faith practices like prayer and devotion to the one true God. In chapter three, let's begin in verse one. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image that he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial Officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Watch what it says. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Watch what happens here. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all other kinds of music, all the peoples, nations of men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. You see, people had come to... King Nebuchadnezzar and had begun to flatter him and to tell him that, that there were detractors among the people of Babylon and there were people who, that, who did not devote themselves to him and did not want to do what King Nebuchadnezzar had commanded as the king. 
They were setting it up so that the people of Israel would fall victims to these laws that were going to be put in place where the king would sign these laws into being by his signet ring. The Bible teaches us that whenever a king would put a law into practice by the sealing of his ring upon an edict or a precept, the law could no longer be undone and had to see it through. So they were setting King Nebuchadnezzar up by way of flattery, but they had an agenda. Somebody say an agenda. They had an agenda to come against the people of God. And it was subtle. Verse 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You've issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews from whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That now we, we see their names had been, had been changed. The initial three names that we read, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their names had been changed to Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, they pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage. Watch what happens, you guys. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 13. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. And this is our, our, these are our operative verses. This is our key verse right here, you guys. You need to mark this in your Bibles, verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Come on, people of God. That's our opportunity to respond right here. These young men who had already been set up and placed in positions of authority over Babylon did not care whether or not their positions were going to be stripped from them 
In other words, they had already given it thought whether or not they were going to lose their jobs. Being persecuted because of their worship of the Almighty God. These were young men who were raised in the ways of the Lord. They had been trained up in the ways of the Lord. And now when they are older, they are responding in a way that reflects the fact that they serve a mighty God. They serve the one true God. They were young men who were capable of making decisions for themselves and cannot use their youth as an excuse as to why they shouldn't obey the Lord themselves and refuse the edict of the king or the governor of their land. We are not going to bow down to this graven image, this graven idol, this idol made with hands. We are not going to bow down to the laws of the land that say we have to be some way, speak some way, act some way, behave some way. Yes, these young people were special, but they weren't special just because. They were special because they preserved themselves. They were special because they protected themselves and their hearts, their minds, even their bodies from being Corrupted by the ways of the world. This is a message for the people of God. To learn from these young people. Even with the threat of their own lives. If you don't bow down and worship me, we're going to throw you into the fire. The fiery furnace. He thought that was going to shake them up, but they weren't shook. They were youth tested by fire. Proven. Tried. This message is not just for the young people, but it also is for young people. But it's for his church to recognize that when God speaks, when God moves, when God trains us, when God instructs us, when God establishes a a foundation from which we live and we serve and we worship and we operate, that we're not moved from those places of resolve. He said, we don't care. You could make as many fires or furnaces as you want. The Bible says that they increased the fire seven times more for this specific occasion. Nebuchadnezzar even had the nerve or the audacity to provoke God. If you don't bow down, we're going to throw you into the fire. And then he says, and let's see if your God will rescue you from that fire. Let's see if the God that you pray to will be there with you if I have something to do with it. In other words, he had made himself his own God. Yes. 
What did they say? They says, you can do whatever you want. But even if he does not, talking about God, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. No matter what, if our God rescues us or not, that's called a living sacrifice. That's what the apostle Paul was referring to in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let us present ourselves as living sacrifices. This is our acceptable worship, our pleasing and acceptable worship unto God. Praise God. Our tangible worship to God. It's to not allow ourselves and parents to not become complacent. Parents, do not let your youth govern your homes. Parents, do not allow, your, do not allow the young people to, to make decisions for themselves that is only going to lead them to their grave one day. We have to fight on behalf of God. We have to bring our children, pray them through it. We have to allow our young people to see, young people, that God has your best intentions in mind and wants you to serve the Lord with all of your heart and not waste your youth. Don't waste your youth on the ways of the world. Don't waste your, your youth, young people, on the things that please the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young people, put your phones down right now. Put your phones down, young people. Young people, put your phones down. Mom and dad, put your phones down. Let's put our phones down. We're being distracted. Our world is being distracted. We're being lulled to sleep. We're being hypnotized by the ways of the world. It's the spirit and the power of money is behind it all. We all know that. Money pushes every agenda. Money pushes every Wicked and evil thing that we see taking place and unfolding before our very eyes. It's all money. There's all money that is pushing every kind of agenda, no matter what you think, no matter what you see, on every political side, on every commercial, everything. Just think about it. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Verse 21, so these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then, the king, then king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his, his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and thro threw into the fire? Then they replied, certainly, O king. Then he said, look, I see four. 
four walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire upon them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the God, with the capital G, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. No, excuse me. That the people, excuse me. Therefore, I decree that the people of, of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Promoted them again. Hallelujah. God shows up when his people remain faithful, when we remain obedient. But it takes an intimate prayer life. It takes an intimate relationship for the believer, for the person of God, for the man or woman of God, in order to hear God when God is calling us to faithfulness to him. It takes an in, in, intimate commitment to him in knowing the word of God, the word that we have hidden in our hearts, that we might not sin against him or to allow ourselves to be defiled or corrupted by the ways of the world. It takes discernment and wisdom by God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for you and I to understand when we ourselves are being influenced, when you and I are being lumped in. The Bible says it takes just a little bit of yeast. Just a little bit of yeast to leaven the whole batch. But God is calling the people of God to a life of holiness. Yes, hallelujah. A life of holiness. And God is using young men in this story to demonstrate what that life of holiness and steadfast commitment and faithfulness to God looks like. Yes, it's a radical commitment. It's a radical commitment that God is calling us to. So I love seeing the young people that were up here singing in worship, the young people at the doors, the young people reading scripture, the young people who serve on the cameras, the young people like Dylan Elliott that are here 
helping with the sound, learning, serving in ministry for the proclamation of the gospel, all of us being a part of this great work that God has called us to as the church. There's so many other young people that God used in scripture. God used David when he was a shepherd boy to choose five stones and to go go and slay, slay the giant Goliath who was defying the armies of the Lord, the army of Israel. And David brought down that giant in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He demonstrated courage. God used the young slave girl in 2 Kings chapter 5 to bring Naaman, the king of the Aramaeans, to the prophet Elisha to be healed of leprosy. She said, I know a man. I know a man who can heal you. And Naaman was brought to Elisha and he was healed after dipping himself in the river at the command of Elisha. This young girl represents boldness, a slave girl who happened to speak out to her master instead of thinking, oh, I have to stay in my place as a girl, as a female. As a young person, she spoke up and brought change in her land where the people would recognize the Holy One and the mighty God of Israel, the one true God. Come on, people of God. In the Gospels, John chapter 6, we learn about the young man who came to hear Jesus preach and was amongst the multitudes who brought two fish and five loaves of bread when the people were hungry and they were tempted to send the people back in the middle of the night. But they said, no, we want to hear more from the rabbi, from the master, from Jesus. And they said, go and see what we might find. And the young boy brought what he had. And it was multiplied and Jesus performed a miracle in their midst. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Trip out on this one. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was only a teenager when she received the vision. And the message from God that she would bring forth Messiah. She was just a youth. For all intents and purposes. She was obedient. Young people can demonstrate, can live it out. Young people, you can show the world. God wants to use you in so many different ways. What it looks like to serve Jesus and to live for Jesus. Parents, let's be real. How many of us learn from our children? How many many of us learn from the stories that we see play out in the lives of our children? Our family, we're going through a a situation right now where we're, we're seeing our children even going through the fire and having to experience things in their own lives and having to remain faithful to God, trusting in God and not losing hope, but allowing God to develop them and allow God to strengthen them, to allow God to build their character, to allow God to prove them through fire and testing without 
about us parents thinking that we have to somehow rescue them from the trials of life. Parents, sometimes God has not called you to rescue your children from what God is doing in their lives, but allow them to go through what God is bringing them through so that God can build in them a faith that is unshakable, a faith that is immovable, and a relationship with the almighty God that is, has to be reckoned with. Hallelujah. Oh, sometimes, yes. Oh, I've, son, if I can go through what you're going through and take that upon myself, I would, but I can't, and so I won't. So I will refrain, and I will remain committed to prayer and asking God to, to see to it that whatever his, his plan is and his agenda is, that it will come to pass in your life. Yes. We don't know. Amen. Come on, people of God. We don't know what's going to... What would, what's going to come of the families that are recovering from these terrible tragedies around the country. But our prayer is that God will bring good out of all of these situations and that in every family, the Lord would be presented and found at the center of this recovery, the, at the center of these homes and these families and then of these lives of trying to make sense of this tragedy and this confusion. We have to pray that the Lord will present himself just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire. And the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought there were only three. I thought there were only three that were thrown into the fire. Why is it that we see a fourth one walking in the midst of them? It's because Jesus will show up at the center of your situation. Jesus will show up in the midst of your trial. Jesus will walk with you in the middle of your fire, in the middle of your situation. Jesus is here. We serve a faithful God. The Bible says, for all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. We have to believe that. We have to stand on that promise. We have to stand on that truth that we receive in the book of Romans from the apostle Paul. Yeah, the baby. She's, she's hearing the word of God. Amen. That's a blessing. Or how about the faith of Miriam? When the Egyptians were slaughtering all the male born children. And her brother Moses, by faith, Miriam went. peeking through the reeds of the river Nile while the daughter of Pharaoh bathed with her maidservants. Moses in a basket pitched with char, with tar, floated down the river. And Miriam peeked until they saw the baby crying and they couldn't resist because the, the, the anointing and the favor of God was all over that child and God had a plan. God has a purpose. And we have to trust God's plan and his purpose. And by faith, after they drew Moses from the water, which is where he gets his name, Moshe, which means to, to draw from the water. She says, I know someone who can nurse this child until he is of age. And then we can bring him back to you. She says, yes, and he shall be my son. 
young child. There was no adult with Miriam right there as she peeked through the reeds of the River Nile, but hoping and trusting that God would step in and take the next step for her. How about Jesus at the age of 12 was found in the temple talking about and discussing the word of God with the elders. Praise the Lord. Countless, countless stories and examples in scripture where God used young people to demonstrate God's truth and to bring forth God's word to his people. We have to trust and we have to believe that although we have these questions of where is God in the midst of all this, he calls us to believe, to trust, and to know that he is there. In a world that is riddled with sin, and brokenness. It's, it's a different kind of awakening that God is bringing the church and the whole world to. But it starts with the church first. It starts with us. It starts with us.